2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is Death to Life. If I, I, didn't, I hadn't come to terms with the lies that I was still believing, so I just... It just made me uncomfortable I, I, because I still thought that people could see through me because I wasn't being real, you know. So we get there and praise God because I came out of that house a new person. Yo. Welcome to the Death Alive podcast. My name is Richard Young, and today's episode is with Cameron Collingsworth. And if you haven't listened to her husband, Addison's episode, he's back in season one. And Cameron has a different journey, and it's one that involves knowing something at the at your at your head level, but not at your heart level. And just hearing this story of how uh, God just kept pursuing and uh, that the patience of the saints, you know, that that God saw this through and was faithful is just a beautiful story. So um, let's just jump into it. Buckle up, strap in. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Man, this is real talk. God is loving on me. Colorful and innocent, that's on me. Got me standing in the light and it's on me. It's a new heart, it's a new beat. It's a new thing, it's a new seat. It's a new king, it's a new dream. It's a new heart, it's a Yo, new have we ever had a conversation like uh, longer than like <laughs> two minutes? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. It's going to be crazy. I don't think so either. <laughs> um, I feel like I've always seen you around and known who you are. I just, but I don't think I knew just... your name. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I keep a low profile. So, <laughs> how much younger are you than Aaron? Five years. Okay, so I always knew your brother. Yeah, that sounds about right. And 
Uh, your brother's really athletic. Oh, so much. Yeah, I mean, that guy but, loves working out, and, you know, that's great for him. <laughs> but what bugged me about him, and I'm going to, since we're on the subject, what bugged me about him was this, that he, like, basketball wasn't his main sport, <laughs> but he was so athletic that he could play really well in it. Yeah. Even though it wasn't his main sport, <laughs> but that he was so athletic and strong. And I'm like, that's not fair. This is my main sport. And this is like his third or fourth sport. And he can still compete at a really good level. So, Aaron, if you're listening, um, it's chill, dog. Like, stop. And so, knew him and then... I think I remember seeing you at like camp meetings. Camp meetings? We, uh. Just like, just like a Lincoln person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was around. I've been around forever, you know. Like I went to Helen Hyatt and CBA and Union College. So I got, uh, I got all three. When we went to Piedmont and then we went to Allen Chapel and then CBC. So we, yeah, I've been around, you know, been around the block. Been around the old 48th Street. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, so, uh, growing up in a low key Adventist bubble, mm-hmm. how did you, like, how was, what was spirituality growing up in this <clears throat> Adventist bubble? So it was, it was mainly like going to church and the Sabbath was kind of like what it all revolved around. Um, and I loved going to church as a kid. Like I got to dress up and it was fun and I had friends at Sabbath school. And, um, so it was, yeah, I mean, I never disliked any part of it. Um, but it was just kind of always there. It was never like a part of me, you know? Um, so it was like a, we had our Friday routine and our Sabbath routine. And then, you know, we'd pray at mealtimes, but it was never like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it was, you know, it, it's not bad. Like my parents are, you know, um, faithful people. And they, yeah, e- people, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of it. And then I guess there was emphasis on, you know, if there was like something coming up or there was like a family thing, it'd be like, okay, we're going to pray about this. And we're, you know, um, or you're taking this test, like pray about it before, you know, stuff like that. But, it, you know. I yeah. Know. I mean, as kids, I don't know. I'm, we're very, obviously we're immature. <laughs> and so like <laughs> our parents are on all of this stuff. Right. But we're just like <laughs> trying to figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Not really. You're just living. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, who was God to you growing up? Uh, I mean, it's a great question. He was always there, <laughs> and I and I, I I prayed as a kid, and I don't know. I just kept believed because I believed. I never had any qualms about. Oh, you know, what, what is the meaning of life and what is, what's heaven? And I was just like, yeah, I, I, I heard this, so I believe it. And that's good for me. <laughs> I don't know. I was never like, uh, 
I didn't really have any struggle with like who God was because he was always there and he took care of me and answered my prayers. So it was all good. Was it kind of like God was a religion? Like he's this thing that we do? Oh, yeah. Over here? For sure. Yeah. And it was a lot of like, you got to follow the rules and do A, B and C and do the checklist and then and then you'll be good. And so it says that they will know us because of our love for each other. Mm. But I think I thought that they would know us because we went to church on <laughs> the seventh day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, seriously, right? Yeah. And like, if, if I, cause as I got older and like I got married and stuff and I could decide for myself what I wanted to do. Um, if I didn't want to go to church one Sabbath, it would, it would be like this like internal struggle of like, I'm such a terrible person for not wanting to go. And if I go, the only reason I'm going is so other people can see that I'm there, you know? So I guess as I got older, it was more like, uh, just a thing I had to do. Yeah. And I think. Like, I'm thinking about my kids. Mm. We have family worship in the morning. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm just reading little snippets out of the book of John. I'm just going through the whole thing. And I know they don't get it. <laughs> and I know that they're just like, after this, we get to eat breakfast. Right. <sighs> and I know also that it's good. Yeah. And But I also know that they're going to need new life one day. Right. Um. So it's good, right? Oh, it's yeah. good. Like you were raised in a good way. Completely. But there was never like a like a fire, I guess, or like I never really knew who I was in God's eyes, who I truly was. It was never really instilled in me. So, you know, coming into this freedom thing, it was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um and we're now like I have my own kids, you know, and so I try to do everything that I, not that there was a bunch of stuff that never got done for me, but I try to do that for them. Cause I know that it wasn't done for me, you know, not in a bad way. I think both sets of parents, I think your parents and my parents would both say that they're positive that they made mistakes, but sure. they're also positive that God was guiding them. Yeah, right? totally. Totally. And I'm sure we're doing the same thing. You know, we've learned from what our parents did. And like, I can say that I think my parents did, you know, maybe this is weird for me to say this, but I think they did a great job with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And at the same time, uh, as we are, as God has been revealed to us, we're, we're doing, we're going more like there's more, right? Right. So, um, when do you feel like lies first started coming in to your life? So young. Um, I mean, I don't know like what age I was, but maybe like five, four or five. I've always had, um, a, an issue with like my self image. Cause as a kid, I was kind of told from people around me that you're overweight, you're, um, like not, 
not that you're not pretty, but you know, you're not like everyone else and you should try to be like everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. so from such a young age, I remember just like looking in the mirror and hating the way I looked from such a young age. And it's so, I don't know. I don't ever want like <laughs> my kids to feel like that. Cause it's, you should never at such a young age have to feel like that, but so many people do. So that was a huge thing for me or that as I got a little older, maybe I would like that. I wasn't smart enough or wasn't worth it was a big thing. Like you're not worth someone taking the time to do X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the list goes on. <laughs> let's let's talk about the body image thing. And you're half Hispanic or full Hispanic? Uh, so I don't really know the difference between, and don't come for me, but, uh, you know, Latino <laughs> and Latinx and Hispanic and stuff. My mom, her parents are both Puerto Rican. Um, and my dad um, is like Mexican-American, like Chicano. Mm-hmm. So Cold, whatever. Like both of his parents are Mexican? They were, but they grew up in America. Like they were, his parents, I believe, were born and raised in America. Don't know too much about okay. that side of family. So you're like, your heritage is 100% yeah. Hispanic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, more or less. And I bring that up because I think cultures talk about the body differently. Sure. And maybe this isn't your family. And it's not necessarily like my family, like my mom and dad, mm. but my larger family. They'll talk about people's bodies all the time. Like, oh, yeah. And I think it's a Hispanic thing. It's just like, yeah. oh, look at her. Look at him. Look at you. <laughs> yes. Like every time you come in, you yes. haven't seen someone. It's a comment on your body. Yes. It's not like it's just like, oh, you've lost weight or oh, you've gained weight or oh, what's your facial hair? Or, and it's not. It's not frowned upon, really. It's just like that's the culture. Like we're going to talk about our bodies <laughs> yeah. all right here, yeah. right now. Right. Or about other people's bodies who we have no connection to. Like, we'll turn on the TV. Oh, this person is so fat. Look at them. They're so stupid. Or, oh, gosh, that person's gorgeous. They're so thin. They're so skinny. You know, there's a lot of that, too. <laughs> Just like, why? Yeah, my, why? <laughs> <clears throat> my mom's nickname was Flaca when she was growing up. Okay. And that, for those who are listening, that just means, like, skinny. Mm-hmm. But, like, not... It's just like not a great skinny. It's just like skinny. <laughs> and that bothered her. I don't know if she would even say like that bothered me. Yeah. But she desperately tried to gain weight. <sighs> and I think no matter what you look like, when the enemy is just like knock, knock, knocking at the door, you can, you'll never be satisfied. Yeah. And if you're a kid, you don't know what to do with the things that you hear and are said about you, like you don't, you, there's no outlet and you don't know what to do with the feelings that you have. So you either, I don't know, you, you take them out in a certain way or you start to internalize them or yeah. I mean, I don't know. So that stuck with me for a lot for, for this year's old, I was, or, you know, I was this year's old when I yeah. got this and I was like, you know what? Enough. <laughs> And that's why the lie is so perfect because he's just like, I don't care what you look like. Um, I'm going to, you're, I'm just going to tell you, you look like trash. (laughs) Uh, and I remember a good friend of mine was trying to lose weight that she had no weight to lose anymore, Mm -hmm. but she couldn't be satisfied. Mm. 
And it's because of the lie. Yeah. Um, and so we think, right, if the scale says this number, then I'll be satisfied. Mm-hmm. But the enemy's like, nah, I'm not going to let that <laughs> happen. Yeah. I'm not going to let that work. Yeah, completely. <laughs> and so that one hits you. Uh, oh, yeah. What was the... <laughs> Sorry, my cough. I've had it for <laughs> 10 years. What was the other thing that was uh, you had just mentioned? Um, was a kid or? or yeah. Well, um, I mean, they're, oh, like, like just being worth. And I didn't realize this, of course, until recently that it, it was like that I'm not worth someone taking the time to do like things for me or to help me with something or to wait up a second for me or um. And I, I didn't realize that, but that's what was happening. That just my self worth, because of the way I felt about myself, was so low, and the things that I kept hearing, often, you know, they just ate away at me. Did you feel like you were in people's way, and like you didn't want to be a bother to people? Oh yeah, yeah, and I yeah, I mean, or that if I didn't do something perfectly, it would it it wouldn't live up to people's standards. And I wasn't like, um, you know, I'm not very type a, I don't, you know, I'm (laughs) yeah. You know, like in school, I was not a a straight A student, anything, you know, Mm -hmm. but still there were like, if I made something with my hands, like I love to bake. So if I made something and it came out like trash, it was Mm -hmm. the worst because I wouldn't get approval from other people who tried it because I would know how bad it really was, you know? Hmm. Or like a dish of food. If I made something for dinner and it didn't turn out, I'd be like, ooh, you're horrible because this doesn't taste good. And even if they said it tasted good, you know, I'd be like, no, no, but you're lying. So then what was your identity as you're getting older? What was it wrapped up in? Like mm-hmm. you were, hi, I'm Cameron and this is who I am. This is what I either do well or want to do well. For a long time, I don't really know what it was, but as I got into like high school, college, it was probably like, I can sing well, or I can bake, or I can cook food. Like that's kind of where my identity came from. And then when I got married, it was like, oh, well, I just want to be a mom. I need to be a mom. And then that's, and then once I get there, then then that'll be my identity and I'll be fine. So singing well, cooking well, and then being a mom. So um, how, as you're in high school, how were you feeling about yourself then? Like Mm. as growing up, how'd you start feeling about yourself or how, what, what, did anything change? I mean, not really. There was, I mean, there was always this thing of like, oh, well, you're, you're overweight and you're nasty and stuff. But then I look back on pictures and I'm so mad at myself for ever thinking that. Cause it's like, what, you know, I was, I'm not like 800 pound guy here. And, um, so that just, it, you know, it hurts when you look back and it's like, why did I ever think that? Um, but, um, now I forgot the question. <laughs> just your self image and your, oh, yeah, your yeah. self-esteem. Um, I mean, I like to think I was, I, okay, I was a, a big fish in a little pond, so it was easy to be, like, popular, per se. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I did, 
I did uh, extracurriculars and I had friends and it was a lot of fun. Like high school was great, but there was still always that part of me like, oh, if I can't fit into this dress that has a certain size on it for this banquet, then I need to um, lose a bunch of weight or try an app that will track what I eat and stuff like that. So I did that, you know, and I never did anything like, but it was fun. I was never like depressed or anything. Um, but I was always in my head a lot because I, I was so worried about what other people would think that I just, that's all I would think about. Like, oh, well, if I do this, is someone going to notice? Or if I wear this outfit, you know, people are going to be able to, to see my roles and stuff, you know? <laughs> So it's interesting, like we assign value to things that don't actually give or take value, but because we assign it, it's just like, and it could be anything. It could be honor roll. It could Mm -hmm. be, uh, athletics. It could be who or who you aren't dating. Mm -hmm. It could be the car you drive. And based on those assignments, we can find out if we're enough. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, like I said, I wasn't a straight A student, but I, you know, I was in choir and I did lots of those great activities and I didn't really do athletics, but I, you know, had friends and I was quote unquote popular, you know, so mm-hmm. kind of evened out. <laughs> and I wonder what, you know, you went to a small private day mm-hmm. school. I went to mm-hmm. a small private day school. I wonder what life would have been like in public school. Like we're like, we're popular. Yeah. <laughs> You're popular in a school of 70. I'm popular in a school of 50. You're like, yeah, yeah. we were, we were really cool. Honestly. And like I, if we would have gone to Southeast or something like okay. that. I would have been eaten alive. I, I mean, I'm sure. Because, well, then again, I would have compared myself like, oh, well, there's so many other talented people. And, you know, I I probably wouldn't have been as ambitious as I was because I would have been too afraid to fail. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Worse. (laughs) So um, you start uh, dating Addie Sohn. How did that? (laughs) Yes. This this man. Addison, if you're listening, was a tall drink of water. Oh my goodness! So I, he, this guy, he just, he just, he had, he hooked me, he got me, and I was done. But no, he was. Well, then, but part. So yeah, he was. He was great. Mad props to Addison, but um, he was also kind of not dorky, but he, where he was, I could also see through his like cool guy thing of like, I drive my dad's car and I take all these girls to coffee and I do this and that. I was like, this guy's kind of a chump, but he is fine. So (laughs) once, you know, we have his beard back then. (laughs) He had this, I'm so sorry, Addison. He had this nasty, like goatee thing, (laughs) but you know, but it's gone now. It's gone now. He's found, he's found his way. So yeah, we started dating and it, I mean, we were high school sweethearts. We dated through high school and then in college we got married and then what, what, what episode is he? Oh, he's in, he's in season, two, uh, no, he's still in, at the one. end of season one. I don't know what number though. 
Really so, good. spoiler alert, if you haven't heard Addison's <laughs> episode, you should go listen to it because it's, it's heavy, it's crazy, it's beautiful. <laughs> but um, he was on the, the, the LUST. Mm-hmm. While you guys were dating, did this become apparent to you? Did, did this ever mm. get out of the bag or did he keep that stuff to himself? I'm even trying to remember. I'm, I know when we were married, um, he told me and stuff. I don't know so much when we were dating, if we talked about it. I'm sure we did. I mean, I, so you don't remember if that like affected your identity or image mm, of yourself. Right. And I guess if I can't remember that it must not have, but I know, well, you know, it never really did. Even when we were married and he told me about it, I never really cared because I was like, Oh, well, great. He can get his jollies out and I don't have to worry about it because I was so upset about the way I felt that I looked. So I was like, great. If I don't have to, you know, go through the motions here, good for me. <laughs> so yeah, Man, I never... that's so interesting because it's different lies. I mean, it's all the same <laughs> lie, but it's different. Like Morgan hears about this thing and she's yeah. just like, Oh, for real? I'm yeah. done. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh, here's some sweet relief because yeah. I don't like what I look like. Yeah, totally. So I was like, yeah, go for it, man. Well, no, I, I didn't, you know, encourage it, but I was never upset about it. And I mean, I don't think I was Addison. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But yeah, it never really bothered me. So when you start dating him and, and you guys get married pretty early on mm-hmm. in, in college, um, did you just throw yourself into this identity now? Now I'm Mrs. Collingsworth, and this is this is who I. Am. That might that might sound like I'm talking about your mother. Um, who is that, Mrs. Collingsworth? I mean, um, yeah, a little bit. But yeah, how did that how did that go? Well, it was like I I had known how my parents, you know, their marriage. I had seen what it looked like, and so I was like, okay, I'll just do the same thing, and uh, and no questions asked, you know. So it was like. Like, well, I had to have control over everything because if I didn't have control, and uh, then who knows what could happen and what people might see, uh, uh, you know, what they might see in us as this new married couple. So, like, I got to hold up this image that I think people have of me. So it was like, okay, well, we're married. We got to go to church constantly and we have to get involved in something because that's what we've been told we have to do. And, um, you know, we have to, I have to cook for you every night and I have to do everything around the house and, and also find a job and go to college and do all this stuff and, and it'll be fine. Yeah. It's amazing how right from the jump, we have to keep up appearances yeah. and we don't even know what that looks like, but we think we know it's yeah. what it's supposed to look like. And it happens from like when we're dating, mm-hmm. like when you're dating, you're like, we should look like this. Yeah. Like people that really love each other look like this. So <laughs> yeah. that's what we should look like because, and it gets weird. Yeah. But you want it. You, you like, you want to be a thing. Yeah. And so you try to act like what you think that thing looks like. Right. Yeah. Like we had to be upstanding. We had to like prove to everyone that we weren't too young and that we know what we're doing and we can handle this. Yeah. Were you too young? Did you know what you were doing? <laughs> I don't think we were too young. 
but I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I don't know that anyone really does. But no. if I could have married that man sooner, I definitely would have. <laughs> man. Props <laughs> to Addison. So he's a good guy. guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> so any identity shift or uh, self-worth, did the value, like if they went and checked the value, what, what did the value go up or, or down after you got married? If anything, it probably went down just cause now I have to, like I said, like I have to do all this stuff to make sure that I'm being a good wife or I'm being a good daughter. So if anything, it just went down. <laughs> Why? Because you didn't I, feel like you were living up to the, to the deal. I know just because probably because I, I, this is the time when I gained weight. I got married and I, you know, I, I've, I've never really lost weight. Um, I've just gradually, you know, gained mm-hmm. and gained. So that probably, you know, that didn't help because I'm married now and I'm gaining weight, but I'm supposed to be like young and beautiful and like a new bride and stuff. I wasn't, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, and then I was in, we were in college and I hated college. I did not really, I, I've never liked going to school and I'm not, I wasn't a bad student. I was just lazy. So I didn't want to do the work. I know I could have, like if I wanted to, I, I could have aced all my classes, but I didn't want to because I didn't care about it. You know, I just wanted to be married and live my life and get out, you know. <laughs> so my college years, people are like, oh, did you went to uni college? I don't I never saw you at anything. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was it? So yeah. what were your goals then? Were your goals to just you're going to get your MRS degree? Uh, what was it? Uh, That's the joke that oh. Mrs. Collingsworth took. <laughs> Gosh, this guy, this guy's good. Yeah, basically, it was just get married and start having kids and get out of school as fast as possible and figure something out so that I don't have to work when I have kids. <laughs> so work for a couple of years and then, you know. <laughs> so you were dating him when you came into school, obviously. And so then... The motivation is, well, we're going to get married. So I could see that that could have sapped some of the motivation. Oh, sure. Were you, what were you, business? No, I was uh, humanities. So I got an English degree in something, writing. (laughs) I basically was like, okay, people are expecting me to go to college. So I got to pick something that's going to be relatively easy that I could, you know, say, yeah, I, I want to be this and I want to do this. <laughs> I like reading. So. Yeah. I guess I can write stuff, you know, I'll, you know, write. I, yeah. You're funny. <laughs> so then your self-worth goes down after being married. Uh, what about your expectations? What were you expecting going in and what, what was it actually? I mean, I, I think what I, well, I expected it to be like this cute little marriage. And again, like, like we know what we're doing. So we'll just, you know, if there are any issues, we're not really going to fight because we've never really, we're not a couple that fights. We just, I bottle everything up and he used to bottle everything up until it would just come to a head. And then I would clam up, (laughs) he would explode and I would just clam up. Um, yeah, I mean, just again, like I'm going to 
do all the housework and it's going to be fun and cute and, and then that's it. That's they're just our lives from now on. <laughs> and I guess it, it, I mean, it was, um, but then, you know, like we'd have, like we disagree on stuff and it would just get buried, you know, and I would forget about it and go on and <laughs> act like it didn't happen. <laughs> you know? So, so if a friend is listening to this from the outside looking in, what did it seem like? Just like what you were saying that like you were figuring it out, getting along it, but it didn't look like, Oh, that you uh, had a bad self image or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, you know, I play close pretty, I, I play things pretty close to the chest. So if people, if you're not like in my inner circle, you wouldn't know Jack about me, you know? So yeah, for all people, uh, for all anyone else knew, it was great. You know? I think that's the thing about the podcast is that people tell their stuff and they're like, I never would have known. Or how was I supposed to know? And you're like, yeah, yeah, cause I'm like, I'm being like very honest about what I was actually going on in my heart. Yeah. Not, not like, because the truth is we don't want to look like we hate ourselves or that, right. that our affirmation comes from what people think about us because exactly. that makes us look weak or it yes. makes us look. Um, and so it's a bunch of people not wanting anybody to know that we're all dealing with the same thing. These yeah. lies from the enemy that are making us feel less than completely. Yeah. So um, you're on this journey. You're married. Uh, what, what happens, what starts happening? I don't know. I don't know your story. I remember Addison's story, but what starts happening with you? You mean as far as like your life? Oh, well, I I mean, it really nothing. So, uh, I graduated (laughs) college and got a job. Um, and then, and then I quit that. It was then I got pregnant and then I quit and I, and then I was my, a mom and that was my life, <laughs> which is what I wanted. So I was following the plan to a T, you know, and that was fine, <laughs> but really nothing. I am not, I'm not very adventurous. <laughs> so as this is happening with you, um, how, how long were you guys married when you, uh, had your son? Uh, three years, four, three years, four years, four years, four years. Yes. Addison's got his business. Yes. What were you thinking about (laughs) all of that? So how did you deal with all that? It went through a lot of stages. So at first he, he had like the steady job and then he was like, Oh, well I want to do my own company. I was like, okay. Okay. And then he did it and it, it was rocky and, and I was like, okay, um, you want to keep doing this or like it, it, in my head, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. You need to just get a job so that we can keep being this happy family and none of this nonsense of people seeing this like failed business is going to ever come up again. I, I never said this, but I, yeah, in my head, I was like, this is nonsense you need to just stop and quit, you know, quit. <laughs> was he stressed out to the max oh i'm sure but i never noticed because i never i don't know maybe i never cared (laughs) 
Like it wasn't Why my you care? <laughs> like it wasn't my it wasn't my burden to bear, you know? I was like, it's his thing. Let him figure it out. I'm gonna be mad about it the whole time, but it's his thing to worry about. <laughs> so <laughs> You're gonna be I mad mean, about it. Yeah. How that, did that look? What did that look like? <laughs> just I mean, just this this quiet uh <laughs> quiet aggressive anger and energy coming from me all the time. <laughs> I mean, that's Mercy. another thing I was, ang- cause I, if I didn't have control over it, I would just get angry. Like, well, why aren't you doing this? Or why aren't you trying this? You know, as if like, yeah, it's some revolutionary idea he hadn't ever thought of. So yeah, I would just be angry at him for not figuring it out. And, and, but then I wouldn't that worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Were you, uh, uh, aggressive, passive, aggressive. Were you? Oh, like, sure. What? I mean, I just, yeah, yeah. I would. And, and I'm trying to remember back, but like, I, I'm sure I would like drop little comments, or, you know, or just I would clam. I just wouldn't talk. If I had an issue, I wouldn't say anything because I could never bring myself to like tell him how I really felt. You know, it, may, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But I just was angry all the time or I like easily offended, you know, if something happened or, or we didn't get invited somewhere, I'd be like, ah, what? They don't really even know me and they didn't invite me. I would just be so <laughs> hurt, you know, for no, for no reason. Like, yeah. Well, it's because it, it's validating what you believed about yourself. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was like- not fun. <laughs> what was going to be the thing that was going to bring your happiness now that mm. all the things that you had planned and like all the goals had been checked off, like find man, get job, get married, have baby, check, 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 check. Now that you have all of those things, yeah. what is the next thing that was going to make you happy in your mind? So the next thing was losing a bunch of weight, which I then did. And And yeah, I mean, so after Orson, oh, I lost like 80 or something pounds. Like it was back then. It was awesome, you know, but then it was still like, I never, even having done that, I never lived up to my own standards. So I would weigh in and it would be like half a pound or something. And I would just fall apart. Because, yeah, I'd lost all this weight and it was great, but I'm still I'm still not good enough. You know, I used to do this thing called the slow carb diet. And the thing about diets is like if you do them, they're effective. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that's unsustainable. Mm -hmm. Like you get off that diet and then it's. um, So I was doing the slow carb diet and I was losing maybe at the beginning, like two or three pounds a week. Mm -hmm. And then. Like I didn't weigh myself every day. I would Mm -hmm. weigh myself every week. Mm -hmm. And I remember one week stepping on the scale and I had gained a half a pound and I'm like, forget it. I ate (laughs) all of those. Yeah. Like I didn't eat anything good. Yeah. And I still gained half a pound. I'm like, this is trash. (laughs) I know. Like this is garbage. And so I was super mad. And I remember like the goalpost kept moving. Like yeah. I wanted to lose this amount of weight. And then when I got, I was like, no, now I, mm-hmm. now I'm going to be a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. It's never enough. 
Oh, man. And so, yeah, keep going. Well, I, I mean, I was able to, like, in my head, I was able to lord it over people because I had done this great, amazing thing. And now I look so good and, uh, and I can turn on the TV. And now when I make fun of people's weight, it's validated because now I'm not a fat guy looking at the screen and talking about another fat guy. I'm, I'm thin and now I can make fun of other people for it. (laughs) So did it, did it bring some for, it didn't bring joy, but it did bring a sort of feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, for sure. But then at the end of the day, there was still that like, you, you haven't met your goal yet. You've got X amount of pounds to go. So you still suck (laughs) until you reach this number. You're, you know, you're not good enough. What did, how did you look at people who were struggling to lose weight when you were losing all the weight? Well, I don't really know that I knew any, because at the same time, I, I, like when I left high school and college, I went underground basically. And well, even now, like I don't do social media or anything. So if you don't have my, my cell phone number, you know, it's basically bunk. So I don't really know that I even knew anybody going through the same thing. <laughs> I mean, there was Addison, well, the, we were doing it together, but. But the reason I ask is because. I'm guessing that you probably looked down at people who couldn't because you had accomplished. Something. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm sure I would have. Yeah. It's just nuts. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> not great. Um, <laughs> and you're still just kind of angry at this dude, Addison, who's just a good looking guy, but just can't get it together. Yeah. Yeah. Man alive. It's a shame. <laughs> you know what? You didn't know any of this about yourself. I, not entirely. Not entirely. I know like there was. If you knew you were acting like that and you knew like that's what your heart was believing, I don't think you would have been very happy with yourself. Well, I wasn't because I, part of me did know that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> like I could be this horrible person on the inside. And then on the outside, be all smiley and friendly and super nice. But yeah, so I mean, that's another level of why I, my self-worth was so low because I was also like, oh, well, you're horrible on the inside. And just because you don't let other people see, you know, that doesn't make you any less horrible. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So how long until Addison starts, uh, how long until he starts making fun of love reality? I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, God. Were you, you were a part uh, of that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I don't even remember. It was, it must've been before COVID. So to 2000, like fall of fall 2019. 2019 I, yeah, that sounds accurate. Cause then COVID happened and everything. So yeah, I mean, it was not long ago yeah, and we're like, three years. Yeah. This is ridiculous. And again, like I didn't, I was, I'm not, I, you know, I wasn't a a religious scholar or anything, but I'm like, oh, this is dumb. This is dumb. This is dumb. They're wrong. I'm like, I didn't know. You know what did know. you heard? Do you remember what you had heard? I don't, I remember reading, there was like a, like a, like a, a pamphlet type thing. It was just like this one piece of paper, little advertisement, and it had listed some of the things. And we just, 
raked it over the coals, acting like we knew everything. But mm-hmm. other, because yeah, other than that, I you know had had only heard what other people told me, and I didn't really know other people. <laughs> so, so since Addison wasn't at this point very spiritually minded, um, were like the the home and with Orson coming around did you guys start thinking like spiritual things are important and we are Christians like was there any pressure there now that you have a kid or oh. how did you feel like in your new home your new this new couple you know you're three or four or five years in yeah like what were you going to do with that with with God so now we had to we had to be parents and teach our son that you have to go to church and you have to um, go to Sabbath school and you have to like be seen, you know, and you have to be nice and you have to have people over for potluck and uh, make a nice little circle of church friends. So that's what we did, you know, and we enjoyed it and we, you know, made some friends in the process, but it was still just based on like what you do, not who you are or anything like that. So yeah, we were going to church and we were sitting in the pew and doing it all and taking our son and, but yeah, but it was just the motion. It was, it was just going through the motions. Who did you, who in the relationship felt wanted more spiritual stuff? Was it you or Addison? It was probably Addison. Although I, I don't know. I guess I never really thought about that before or asked. Maybe Addison. It's just like. This is like something that we do. Yeah. Yeah. This is our religion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't terribly complicated. <laughs> and so this thing comes around and you guys are like, these people are crazy. Yeah. Um, it's not that easy. Right. You do have to <laughs> such and such and such. Yeah. Um, but then you, did you think about it until Addison meets Eddie or like in Mm. your purview, like what was it to you? So, yeah. So, so we had this little instance where we made fun of it and stuff and then it it was nothing. And we just kept on doing our little thing and then COVID happened. So from there, then I, I really don't, the next time I heard it was probably when Eddie got involved other than that i don't think i'd heard about it or thought about it or anything because we just kept you know when COVID happened we would just do the live stream and call it good you know because we still had to watch it even though COVID was happening we still had to do something on saturday to prove to ourselves that we were good people (laughs) so then eddie comes around and Addison spends like this afternoon with him and he comes home. Does he like, tell me about that season of your life. Okay. So early on, well, I really didn't like Addison was super excited and and we were like, Oh, well, great. He's got someone who's like willing to jump on board with this endeavor that he's going to start. So it was great. Like it was fun. And we're like, Oh, great. We'll have another, you know, another person, to uh you know have over for potluck or whatever but then um he was 
like the business was going forward and the whole thing, like we found out like who he was and I was like, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Like what, what's happening here? And so the Addison was looking it up one day and he found the article on Eddie and we're like, okay, hold on a second. Let's rewind. And I had heard from people that like, oh, this Eddie guy, he's, he's great. He's got a great story. That was always what it was. Like he's got a great story or a crazy story. So I was like, okay. And then, you know, we got everything straightened out and Addison was like, okay, no, he checks out. I was like, okay. But then that was it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I really looked into anything else. I was like, oh, if he, if he thinks it's okay, then it's fine. <laughs> we'll just keep going. I mean, but we'll still go to church and we still have to, you know, do this. Mm-hmm. So when did, when Addison gets it, did he try to explain it to you? <laughs> yes. So he uh, was just really zealous and he just wanted to let everybody know. And, you know, again, mad props, but I did not care to hear any of it. <laughs> Cause I Why felt, is that? so this time around, I felt like it was this thing that Addison got, he received this thing and I didn't, so I was bad, and I didn't want to hear anything about it, because if I don't understand it, um, I just, I don't want to hear about it, you know? Because I, I don't, I, that doesn't even make sense. Like, repeating it, it does not make sense. But I didn't want, I didn't want to hear it because I didn't want to have to, like, do it, if that makes sense. I didn't want to have to, like, look into it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So did you know how deep the chains were with Addison and that because the chains were gone, like he's so excited? Like, were you thinking like, because you'd mentioned that he had talked to you about his issue from before. Um, I mean, I had no clue what was going on in his mind because I had never really bothered to ask. So... Yeah, I mean, for from my point of view, it was like he just comes home and he's just crazy and he's talking about all this stuff and he he wants to like start going to Walmart and praying with people and stuff and I just was like, whoa, okay, let's slow down. This is you're nuts. You're going nuts. Like you have Eddie. I don't know what he did to you, but you're like this is a cult and you need to. I I, just, I was like, what am I gonna do here? Because he's caught up in this thing. So I was like, well, maybe if I just leave it alone it'll run its course (laughs) and it'll get it out of his system i thought he was going nuts (laughs) you know This episode was brought to you by gospel-loving listeners just like yourself. If you want to ensure more of these stories are heard by people and help build season three of the show and beyond, we'd ask that you please give to our building fund that's helping support the future of the podcast. So we just ask that you help pay it forward like the person before you did to keep these amazing stories of God's transformative love rolling. You can go to lovereality.org slash give and choose death to life as the option to help us keep reaching more people and ensuring more episodes. Thank you so much, guys. So 
it sounds kind of heavy. Mm. And you were not interested in changing your life. Right. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, I don't want to be praying for people in Walmart and having, and like, he would show me videos like, oh, this guy is so crazy. He He's healing this guy and he, he's, he's speaking. I'm like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> I just didn't care. I didn't care. And I didn't want it. I didn't want to watch any of it. I didn't want to listen to any of it. But then there would be times where he'd be like, oh, I think, I think maybe we should, we should try watching. And I'd be like, um, yeah, okay, you can do that. I don't want to. And then he would push and push and I'd be like, okay, I'll watch it. I'll do the thing and I'll whatever. And, uh, and then I would just to like please him. <laughs> it's, it's not like that you, it feels like that you didn't care. Right. But it's actually probably deeper than that. It's probably that it was offensive to you. It wasn't like you were neutral to not caring. Mm -hmm. It was, I don't care and I don't want it. Right. There was something pressing up against you. I don't know. Um, Cause then eventually I, like I started watching the, um, what were they at the time? Like the church services or whatever. And I started, um, listening to some of the podcasts. So at some point there was a turn, but I don't know, looking back what made, what the turn was to being, you know, so against it to being like, Oh, okay. No, this is, this is, that's, that's right. You know, it's truth. When you started paying attention to it, what kind of the, what kind of ideas were coming out that maybe you hadn't heard before or really, took at face value i think the big ones were you know like identity it was identity that you you are now a daughter your name is daughter and you're holy righteous and blameless you know though that was that was huge because it's like well my identity like what is identity it's this thing that exists in the ether like for everyone it's different there's no there's no um right answer to this you know growing up and but now there's an answer to it and it's super simple so i guess hmm. accepting that must have been where the turn was because then from there i was like oh yeah i mean the yeah th this is right and everything i i had um allowed myself to believe before was wrong and you're you're free from this thing which I accepted, but it wasn't even until later that I received it, if that makes any sense. Oh, for sure it does. So, you know, yeah. I mean, early on in believing this, I I believed it wholeheartedly. But that's kind of where everything stopped. Like, I believed it and I, um, you know, learned about it and agreed with it and everything was fine and dandy. But I didn't receive it until what years later. <laughs> so when people, I remember hanging out with you in the middle of COVID. This yes. is probably January, 2021. Yes. Where we're all hanging out at your father-in-law's business out there. And it was like, yes. people flew in from around the country to just kick it in the yeah. middle of COVID. Yeah. 
And you were there and you wanted to feel comfortable, mm-hmm. but it was a little difficult at first. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to go to it or be there. Uh, cause I just felt so uncomfortable. And I remember telling Addison that and he's like, Oh, well you should, why do you feel uncomfortable? You shouldn't feel uncomfortable. And then I just buried it deep down, you know, but yeah, I did not care to go or to see anyone or hear anything. I did. And, you know, I was like, yeah, no, yeah, again, this is great. And I agree with this, but, but I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to go crazy. You know, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be seen as someone who... Why were you uncomfortable? Because, well, I mean, I hadn't received it in my heart. So just sitting there was uncomfortable because you're listening to all these people's testimonies or you're listening to whoever's speaking up front and that's great and all. But if I, I didn't, I hadn't come to terms with the lies that I was still believing. So I just... It just made me uncomfortable. I, I, because I still thought that people could see through me because I wasn't being real, you know. Because like they didn't know that in my heart I didn't want to be there and I didn't, you know, want to listen to what was happening. Although I agreed with it, but that if they knew that, then you know I was going to be toast. Yeah, it's that uncomfortable feeling when you're at church and the praise song is going on and the person in the pew is crying because yeah. they're just like, God loves us. And you're over here just like, uh, it was a cool song, but like, yeah, I'm not feeling that completely. Yeah, I didn't want to I didn't I didn't want to be vulnerable in front of anybody. So I can't show my emotions. I can't let anyone know what I'm actually thinking or feeling because if I did, that would be weak. That would just be ridiculous, you know? There's some pride there, huh? Yeah, tons, tons. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was this thing of I need to control how people see me. And and I'm going to be prideful because of the way that people, I think, the I'm going to have pride about the way I think people perceive me. Um. And so I can lord it over people that I'm, you know, I go to church and I do this and that. But yeah, on the inside, it it was just nasty. How were you treating Addison at this point? I mean, again, I was always just like angry about something, you know, I, it was like a hair trigger. Like <laughs> he would do something and I just blow up on him for no reason. And with, um, our oldest, he was so little and I just would get so angry at him. That's, um, in Michael's episode, he talks about, there's a phrase, um, when you like your heart just is is like, sorry for what you did, but it's not like nothing you did was I don't know. They godly can, sorrow? Yeah, yeah. And cut that out in post. But yes, godly sorrow about how the way <laughs> I treated my son. Because I would just get so upset about him for being like a baby. You know, he would knock his books over on the shelf repeatedly. And I would just get so upset with him. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Stop doing that. So I just I just have so much 
godly sorrow for the way that I treated my poor baby, my boy, my special boy, <laughs> you know, and he's a kid. He didn't know any better. And just everything like that. I would get angry. I would, again, just get offended at everything. It was just like toxic, you know. Hmm. So what happens next? You know, we're in <laughs> the the middle of the pandemic. Yes. So then, I mean, Addison just keeps working with Eddie and they're doing whatever. And um, they found an office space and that was great because now maybe finally people will see that like it's not this weird um, idea that doesn't really exist in reality. It's like he's getting it together and that's great. And we have a son and that's great. And um, so now co- this was summer of 2020. So we're going, you were kind of coming out of COVID and everything's great. And, um, and we're, you know, watching the, uh, LR live streams and, um, when church opens up, now we can go back and say hi to the people that we, you know, hadn't seen in so long. Um, and then somewhere in there, I think 2021 and then we yeah so then everyone comes in winter of 2021 and then we get pregnant again but then I gain a bunch of weight <laughs> mm-hmm. so at the same time Addison was starting to get more involved and in, in um, LR things and he was on like studies and he was talking to people and now he wants to like go on trips with these people mm-hmm. that I don't know. These people. And, yeah. And why in the world does he need to do this? Because I'm not going to go on any kind of trip because I have to stay here and take care of these kids and, or take care of my oldest and also be pregnant and take care of the house and do everything. So why in the world does he get to go do this thing and I have to stay here and take care of everything while he's gone? And also I'm gaining a bunch of weight, so I'm starting to hate myself again, <laughs> or I'm starting to continue to to hate myself and kick myself for losing all that weight and now gaining it all back. It was, um, it was great. It was a great time to be alive. <laughs> it's a scene. Yeah. It so was, then what happened? I know we went out to Oregon together. Yeah. Um, that was a great time. That's like the first time <laughs> Addison and I like really hung out. We, we shared a room together and we were just like, or maybe that was the second time we went to Oregon. Either One of those times me and him hung out a, a ton. Um, but you're still at home just oh, being man. like resentful. Yeah, I hated it. And I, um, yeah, resent resentment is uh, exactly what it was. I hated that he did it, but I wasn't going to do it. So I was just going to be mad at him the whole time for doing it and trying to think, Oh, and then there was like the last trip that he went out and came back and like, we all got COVID and it was horrible. And I just was mad at him even more for like, why did you bring that? You went away and you brought this thing back and now we're all sick and it's horrible And yeah, I just was so mad and I had no outlet for it. I could, all I could do was just be mad. 
So what happens next? This is getting good. <laughs> You're getting angrier, <laughs> and it's getting better. Okay, and I, I don't, I don't want to get my lions crossed here, so I'm trying to remember. Um, 2020. So that was maybe in the fall or something like that. And I mean, just things continue, and he just continues to, um, to be more involved, and I continue to. Just what did you think about his podcast more. that came out? That came out a little while after. So we had I had our second son, and that was in December. And then um, I again I continued to just hate myself even more because I I just gained so much weight, and now none of my clothes fit after I've had this kid. And it's awful and everything's loose and it's just nasty. You know, <laughs> I just hate everything about the way I look. And then he recorded it and I was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I was like, that's great for you and I'll listen to it, but I don't need anyone to know anything about my life. So, you know, I, I keep this. Don't share this. Don't, you know. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was great for him because, you know, I was proud of him. Like he, he, he'd become a different person and I don't think I wanted to acknowledge it because by acknowledging it, it would have also acknowledged the fact that I was not there. You know, I hadn't changed, Hmm. but yeah, I mean, he was, he was great. He was, um, just, I mean, incredible. Like, you know, for as mad as I would get, he would just be cool as a cucumber, you know, and that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. And we, every, every couple of months we'd have these little, like, um, come to Jesus sessions where he'd be like, okay, what is, what's going on here? Let's get to the root of this and let's, uh, you know, bring it to light and then we'll pray and then you'll be free of it and then you'll be changed. And so we did that a couple times and I was like, okay, I want to change. I don't want this to be my life. And then it would, you know, next week it would be the same. So, um, yeah, now I gotta remember where I was in my (laughs) timeline. I I remember recording the podcast and he was like, I want to send this to Cameron. So she listens to it first before we publish it. And I was like, (laughs) sure, do whatever you got to do. And I was a little nervous because the the episode is, it's still a powerful episode. If you want to oh, yeah. listen to it, you should. <laughs> but I was like, I hope she doesn't kibosh this episode. And then he was like, oh, like the two or day, two days later, she, she was like, oh, it's good. Yeah. And so <laughs> you really like, you were like, that's him. Yeah. But that's not me. Right. So, I'm yeah, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I, I was just was so proud of him for doing this like getting involved in this ministry and being a really good person and doing his podcast but it just was not for me (laughs) so after this uh now we're getting semi-close to where we are at we're (laughs) now fall 2021 right into 2022 yes what's like hitting you and what are you kind of growing in as this time period happens? So this is when I started to lose control over my son. 
<laughs> so, you know, I mean, he's a sweet kid. He's great. He's a wild animal, but I love that about him. And when we had this new baby, like everything changed. He mm. started, you know, and obviously like acting out and uh, in the way that we reacted to his actions made everything a thousand times worse. So this is around the point where I didn't know what to do with this child because I didn't have control over the situation. But uh, I had no problem disciplining my son. Um, and it just made everything worse. And I didn't know why. I'm like, why doesn't this kid just understand what I need him to understand that he he can't he just didn't he never did what I wanted him to do. And I've got this baby that I need to take care of and I can't do both and I'm losing control and everything's spiraling and um, and he's he's getting more and more aggressive and I'm losing more and more control because, you know, the more I ramp things up, the more he ramps things up. And it just it was a mess. And I think it was around this time one of our friends gave us this book on parenting and it was no or something about like disciplining your kids without shame because again that was a huge part of it like i need to shame this kid so that he feels guilty like, how dare you yeah how like you i want like him to feel guilty about what he did so that he knows how much he offended me or how much he hurt me which again i feel so i feel so sad about the way that i raised this beautiful child of mine that you know the first kids like the first pancake so I hope I didn't mess him up too much. But <laughs> the first thing. But, you know, hey, it's, all, it's always a little so rough. So many people, like, that's, like, the go-to with so many people and they don't even know it. Is yeah. that they're going to guilt their kids into changing. Yeah. And if you have done that, it's okay to stop and not do that anymore. And if you have done that and your kids are older and they're fine, it's okay to be like, yeah, God has forgiven me. I was doing my best. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's so common. Yeah. And I just like, how could you? <laughs> yeah. He's a ch- he was, he was a little tiny boy. What, how is he supposed to know how to control all these emotions that he's feeling and these new things that are happening with this kid who just moved in and is here forever? You know, I just, yeah, it's, it was, it was rough. And I just remember like, I couldn't control him. I couldn't, he would not do what I wanted him to do. And I'm trying to like strong arm, strong arm him into doing what I want. And it just would come to a head so many times of me just sobbing in front of him, you know, because I had lost control and I didn't know what to do. And he threw something or, you know, and I just couldn't take it. So I'm holding one baby and I'm sobbing uncontrollably. And the other kid is just staring at me because he doesn't really understand what he did to make mommy look this way and cry this way, you know. So he's trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm also at the same time, you know, trying to guilt him into doing what I want. And it was horrible. And again, just angry all the time, angry because I couldn't control the situation. So what was the thing that was going to change it at that point? What was the thing that was so, going to bring you peace? Well, we read this book and uh, it was kind of 
revolutionary that, yeah, you don't have to like you can parent without doing X, Y and Z and your kid will listen to you. I just didn't understand, like, how do I get this kid to listen to me without doing everything that I thought I was supposed to do? So we read this book um, and uh, well, truth be told, Addison read the book and I started it. (laughs) But so we got a lot of new techniques and we started doing them and it was great. Like we really saw a change in uh, like in our, the way we approached parenting him. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was great because he was coming around. uh, Our oldest was coming around, but there was still something where I still, I still wasn't there. (laughs) So I guess the, the, the thing that was going to, you know, get us back on track with the plan was that, well, he just needs to, we need to parent this kid so that he finally starts doing what we want him to do so that everyone can see that he's not like a bad kid, you know, that he's not a crazy child, that he is good and he has manners and he, you know, cause I needed other people to see that I was doing things right. And that he was a perfect, quiet, silent, clean, you know, non grubby child. <laughs> So when you figured out that kid situation, you think that would have brought the peace that you were looking for in this whole, in your life? That was a thing? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was never like, oh, well, maybe I should uh, (laughs) search my feelings, as it were. It was just, yeah, I'll I'll just do all this other stuff. And once that other stuff gets straightened out, I'll be fine. So it was never like... I never turned it back on myself. <laughs> well, maybe the problem's not with my child. Maybe I need to check myself. Or know what you have. Like know what's been given yeah. to you, right? Right, right. Oswald Chambers says this thing about peace that he says that if you have peace outside of Christ, you don't actually have peace. So like <laughs> your money situation gets figured out. You don't get peace from that. You just, your money situation got figured out. You can't call that peace. Peace is Christ. Christ is peace. And so, so much of the time we're waiting for this thing to happen. Like, oh, uh, my kid can finally stop getting in trouble at school and then I'll have peace. Well, if he does, you actually Mm -hmm. still don't have peace. You just, your Mm -hmm. kid just stopped. And maybe you can rest your mind a little bit, but it's not what the Bible calls peace, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're going on uh, what keeps pressing up against you that was uncomfortable that's bringing you to this thing. So like at the same time, Addison was getting more and more and more and more involved in LR. And he um, obviously like it, <laughs> everything was like him and Eddie. Addison and Eddie or, oh, Eddie this, uh, Eddie that. I got to call, you know, I got to hop on with Eddie. So in the middle of this, Eddie was like becoming this annoying thing to me that I couldn't get away from. Like everything was Eddie. I'm like, what is the deal with this guy? Like, can I just get uh, uh, separate myself from Addison and this Eddie guy? Because I didn't really know him. Um, I 
had watched like videos on him and stuff. And again, like, yeah, that's great. That's fine. That's good. And, um, but there was something about it that I'm like, I don't, I just, I'm uncomfortable because I think it was Morgan's episode where she talked about being like, she didn't want to be, she didn't ever want to be alone in a room with Eddie. And so I was like, Oh, Oh no, I think that's, I think that's what's happening here. Cause we would have them over as you do as a good wife. I, uh, you know, had the, we had them over for dinners a couple of times, like twice <laughs> because we have to, I have to put on a show and show how diligent of a wife I am and how great a meal I can cook for my husband's employee. So we had them over, but then after one of them, after the last one, probably I said to Addison, like, whew, man, that was, that was fine. But I don't, I don't want to be alone with these people. I don't want, I, I feel like I'm like, I'm getting cornered or something. And so he obviously took that and just, um, you know, let it, let it be. Um, but it was that I didn't, I didn't want to be around these people or Eddie or Jayla or anyone else. I didn't want to be around any of these people because I knew that if I, I was ever in a uh, if I was ever with Eddie by myself or something that he would like see through me and he would know the real me and I would be exposed. So I never, that was my hangup that I would never wanted to be around Eddie or, you know, anyone like that because I didn't want to be exposed. <laughs> That's super interesting. Because he does know the real you. Yeah. But not the version that you think is going to be exposed. Right. He actually knows the you that you're like longing to be. Right. And he knows that that's who you actually are. And I I think I said this last week to somebody. I said, every, the person that you have wanted to be really badly, you already are that person in Christ. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you already have it. Yeah. And so you're thinking the real you is this angry mom or this resentful mm -hmm. wife or this. Mm -hmm. And you think that that's what Eddie would see. Right. But what Eddie Completely. sees is the actual you, the you that yeah. doesn't want to be the angry wife, the, 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 right. the mom who raises her kid with, you know, all the love of Christ. Like mm -hmm. that's who he sees even though you might yeah. not see it. Right. Totally. But you yeah, had so seen it. You thought it was the exposed version. Yeah. Yeah. So I did everything I could to make sure that didn't happen. And in deception, it makes total sense, you know, but looking back on it, it's like, well, yeah, obviously in my head in deception, I thought, Oh, well, good people. They're just, they're giving us space. They're giving me space they're not asking to hang out or to do anything or to do dinner because, um, that's just, um, you know, it's, it's going to plan. But in reality, they, people knew that in deception, I was, I didn't want to be around them. It's not like they were just choosing not to try to hang out. They knew that they, they were waiting for me to come around. You know, it's like they, they don't, we don't go where we're not invited, you know, mm -hmm. and they were not invited to my heart or to my, you know, to anything. So I didn't let them in. Hmm. 
So what happens? <laughs> so it's the best part of the story. So it was spring of this year and we had just gone to the zoo with my family and some friends and what should have been like a really great day, which for Addison it was, but for me, we get in the car and we're driving home and I just was so like, oh man, you know, I, this went wrong today and this went wrong and I forgot something in the car and, oh, I'm so frustrated. And he's like, wait, why, why, what? Like you just, we just spent a day with our friends and family and our kids and we were at the zoo. How was that a bad day to you? And I was like, oh, well, well, I just told you why I, you know, I, all of the stuff went wrong, quote unquote, quote unquote. And he was like, well, so what, what's, what's at the heart of this though? And I was like, oh, great. He's trying to do another one of his little fix me things. And then, uh, you know, and then I can be on my way. So I was like, okay, well, I, I mean, I, I like to be comfortable, you know, like I forgot all this stuff in the car. Or I didn't forget it. I didn't bring it into the zoo with us, which, so I was stupid for not having brought something from the car into the zoo with us. I didn't forget it. I remember to pack it and to bring it, but dumb me forgot to bring it. Or <laughs> I keep saying forgot. Stupid me didn't bring, bring it in it. on purpose. Yeah. So that made me dumb. And, uh, and just, and he like kept chipping away at me and I'm like, well, what? Like I, yeah, I, I, I wanted to be comfortable today. I wanted, you know, all this to to happen and i i didn't you know want people to be waiting on me and he was like well wait what why wait what do you mean having people waiting on you and you know i'm i'm having to nurse my our baby you know all the mm-hmm. time he's a growing boy so he eats all mm-hmm. the time and i'm breastfeeding and my thought was well i i don't you know like I'll, I'll sit and find somewhere and and sit here for a half hour or whatever and you guys like just everyone else just go don't worry about it but they didn't go. They just like stuck around. And so I felt so bad that I was making these people wait for me to feed my child mm. because I was not worth the time for them to stick around or to, you know, not go see the next exhibit or whatever. So to Addison, this is all like, this is all becoming clear and that I don't value myself in any way and that my self-worth is so low that I can't bear to have people wait for me to feed my child. Um, so then he's like, well, so what if I, and I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up, but he said something like, well, do you, do you want this? Like if you could have this today, would you want it? Like this, this freedom, this, would you want to be free of all this stuff today? If you could right now. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess like uh, what, what, what's that going to mean? Like, what am I going to have to do to get there? And he's like, no, no, just, do you want this? And I was like, yes, you know, cause I don't want to have to work for anything. I, I want my life to stay as comfortable and as nice as it, as I thought it was. And he's like, okay, well let's, let's just go to Eddie and Jayla's house. I was like, no, okay, no, I changed my mind. I actually don't want this. I'm sorry, but I don't want it. Um, Because again, in deception, like I just had let, I had just let, the enemy was just living in my heart and I had let him stay there without 
questioning it. And so I was like, well, I, I do not want to be confronted by these people, by Eddie and Jayla or anything like that. So I'm going to stay the way I am knowing that I could have freedom, but I just don't want to be, I don't want to be vulnerable in front of someone. I don't want to cry in front of someone. So no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that today. And he's like, no, do you want this? And I was like, okay, fine, whatever, fine. So we called Eddie and of course Eddie and Jayla were free. So we were coming home. We pass our house on the way to go to Eddie and Jayla's house and we're tired. Everyone were sweaty and the kids, uh, you know, they need to be changed and go to the potty and need to eat something. And so I'm like, no, this is a terrible idea. I don't want to do this. We're passing the house. Let's just not do it. Let's just not do it then. And he fought me tooth and nail and drove all the way to Eddie and Jayla's house. And he gave me an example, which again, I don't want to butcher, but it was something like if someone had a check for a million dollars and all you had to do was go to Eddie and Jayla's house to pick it up, would you do it? And I was like, well, yeah, but that's different. Okay. Because that's a ton of money versus my life and my heart. So no, it's different. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I would pick up the money, but I don't want to do this. <laughs> so we get there and praise God, because I came out of that house a new person. Um, and I don't want to get verklempt, <laughs> but it was beautiful. So we get there and I was so uncomfortable and I had, I, I forget like being angry or anything. I just was so desperately uncomfortable with walking into this house because I knew the reason everyone knew the reason why we were there and I didn't want them to see through me, but I know that Eddie or Addison called Eddie because they, something was going to happen and I didn't want it to happen because I just didn't want to be real with people. So we get in there and I, I'm like, like shaking, you know, and I, I think, uh, Eddie or Je- like one of them asked me like, so how are you feeling? Like what's, what's going on? And, and I was like, I am incredibly uncomfortable right now. I hate every part of being here, but I'm here. So <laughs> whatever. And they just asked that we revealed all these lies that I had believing from so early on in my life um, How did you know, he do that? He just asked so you questions or I think, um, um, I know we read some verses, but Addison kind of like talked about what had happened just that day, everything coming to a head and they were like, yeah, well, so what's like, what, what's, what's a lie you've been believing? And, um, so we talked about, yeah, well, this lie of self-worth and image and, um, and comparison, like I'm always the lie of comparison came out in that every single thing I do, every single thing I did old me was to compare with somebody else. Like, well, hmm. I have to make sure that I'm doing it just the same way that this other person's doing it or the way that I've seen it done before. Uh, because if I compare myself to anyone else, I have to, I have to match up and I have to be the same. So everything was always, it was comparing, which led to jealousy, which led to, um, like the feeling of a loss of control. 
which led to rage, which, you know, all these things stacked up and I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's me. That's what I've been feeling. That's what I have been believing. And they, Eddie told, I don't even remember what verse it was, but Eddie told me to read this verse and he's like, okay, we'll read this. So I read it and I did it, you know, perfectly. Cause I, you know, I have to read it just how I think he wants to hear it. And he's like, no, no, no. Major. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, read it, but think about what it's saying. So I did it again. And I, it's like, I was reading it with different eyes. I had like, I had seen what it actually meant and I wish I could remember what verse it was. Um, He's like, yeah, I don't want to hear what you think I want to hear. I want to hear what you think this actually means and what does it say about you and who you are. And um, so was it Ephesians 1, 3 through 6? <sighs> blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. I don't know. I It was short. <laughs> it was short. I don't know that it was that one. That's one of the go-tos. But. <laughs> but, it, but yeah, we just, and they, you know, they prayed over me. And, um, and as I brought these things to light, it was just like, everything just was getting just like, just like falling off of me, you know? And it was like, I felt, I began to, I, I wasn't like, I forgot how uncomfortable I was. And I, oh, um, nice. you know, was just there. And I was seeing these two individuals in Eddie and Jayla that I had never seen them in this light before of like, Oh my goodness, you're like trying to help me. You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you <laughs> that these beautiful people who I disdained, before were there to show me who I really was. Um, and I wasn't worried about like, what, well, but the kids and they need to do all this. And I, you know, I just didn't worry about it. And I, I don't know. It was beautiful. And I finally realized, Oh yeah, I am a, I am a God's daughter. I'm his child. And that's, that's everything. You know, mm -hmm. and so all this stuff that I had been believing, it was just, it was trash. It was nonsense, you know, and that my new identity is, is in God and I, and I'm holy and righteous and blameless. And it's so, it's so good. And it's so beautiful. And I finally mm -hmm. received it in my heart. Wow. And it was awesome. <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day who, when they were getting off the phone, they were like, I'm sorry for taking your time today. And I just said, are you worthy of my time? Mm. And they kind of, the phone kind of went silent. Yeah. I was like, are you worthy of my time? Mm. And they were like, yes, I am. And I'm like, of course you are. Yeah. I'm like, the reason you don't think that is because the, the way you see yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not worthy of other people's time. Yes. And so at the zoo, <laughs> it's not it's not a sentence that says, Cameron, you are not worthy of your family's time. Yeah. You are trash. Right. It's not a sentence form, right? Yeah. 
It's just an overall belief. Yes. That you don't even confront because it's a solid belief. Yeah. Like you don't even know that you're thinking that because you're just like, oh, well, I don't want to bother. I don't want, I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to be in the way. I don't want to make waves. So I will just people please my way through life. And, uh, hate myself when I think I don't live up to other people's expectations. Yeah. And you're leaving Eddie and Jayla's house and you're like, I'm worthy to be loved. It was awesome. So we're there and, um, we had to come back to our house for, we were meeting up with people again in the evening at our house. So we're, we're walking back to the car and I just remember Eddie, I, I, he came out with us and I was like, I, I'm, I feel like I should, I know I don't have to, but I feel like I should say sorry for who I was and how I, how you know that I felt towards you. And he just took my face and was like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. You know, <laughs> but it get all jumped up. <laughs> but yeah, from then I just knew everything was okay. I didn't need to feel guilty for who I was. I didn't need to feel shame about how I acted or how I thought that it was just all, it was all like wiped away. It was all, everything was already, it had already been done for me. And now I just got to live in this gift that I received, you know? So since then, what have you been putting on in your mind, in your heart? So it's that, you know, I get to wake up in the morning and I get to walk this out. I get to have every wonderful blessing that God has given me and provided me that I get to look in the mirror and love who I see because I, as God's daughter, how, how could I not love what I see when he created me? It's like, if I were to flip this around and learn that my son looks in the mirror and hates what he sees, I would be so sad to learn that, you know, and God, every day, you know, every day I was hating myself and I'm sure he, it made him so sad to know that, that his daughter hated who she was or how she looked but that now I get to, I get to be so thankful for what I see, even if it's not, you know, what other people think it should be. It doesn't matter because he thinks I'm beautiful and that's all that matters. And that I don't have to source my, uh, you know, joy from anything else but him. It's beautiful. And I get to raise my boys, you know, knowing that if I don't have control over anything, it's going to be fine. They'll be fine, you know, because God is, has given me all the patience that I need, all the, uh, you know, all the, everything. He's given me everything, every tool to raise these boys and to teach them, you know, how to see themselves and to know his love. I, it's awesome. I don't know. <laughs> so, as you're driving back from Omaha and your husband's offering this thing and he's like, do you want this now that you know what it was or what it is? Mm -hmm. What, what is it that he was offering now that you understand it? He was offering for me to finally be free of the chains that I had been dragging 
the whole time, like since forever, you know, to be free of the weight of having to live up to people's expectations, be free of, um, my crippling body image, you know, be free of rage, of anger, of, um, selfishness and to just accept the gift that God gave me and knowing who I really am. And you got that how? By accepting in my heart what was truth. So, like I said, before I I knew all of this stuff, I knew it and I agreed with it, but I hadn't accepted it in my heart and I did that by, you know, with my husband and Eddie and Jayla, by calling out the lies that I'd been believing and by agreeing with the truth and what God said about me, says about me. Hmm. So if someone's listening to this and, They've gone through a similar experience. Mm. They didn't really like how they looked. And then they had a couple kids and <laughs> now they mm. are feeling mm. the same kind of sentiments that you were feeling mm-hmm. about yourself. What would you say to that? To that mm. I would say that everything you think about yourself all the negative things that you feel the way you feel about yourself or that you think, um, are just, it's not truth because God says that you are holy, righteous and blameless and that you're beautiful. And that's all you need to know. And that even if you don't believe it, it's true. Um, and that it's such a a blessing to finally agree with that. Yeah, you are different. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling that you want other people to know this truth about themselves. Yeah, because it's Where living. Before, yeah, you were just like, no. yeah, old me was you know miserable and yeah i mean if people listening to this um take anything away it's that god is the one thing that that's where your value comes from and he thinks you're awesome and he, no matter what you've been, no, many, no matter how many kids you've had or how much weight you've gained or lost or what uh, blemishes you have or don't have or the way you look, he thinks you are beautiful and wonderful. And I mean, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, you know, mm. and if the creator thinks that we are this incredible creature then how could we believe, ever believe anything different? Let's not. <laughs> yeah. Let's not. <laughs> uh, 
Thanks, Cam. Hey, I'm just, just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Got me singing like glory, yeah. It got me telling my story. Know that your love is pouring on me, and love is pouring on me. River flowing in and never ends. More than life, more than me, more than just pretend. And you can feel it, freedom from within. Free to fly, be the child that you always been, yeah. This episode was brought to you by gospel-loving listeners just like yourself. If you want to ensure more of these stories are heard by people and help build season three of the show and beyond, we'd ask that you please give to our building fund that's helping support the future of the podcast. It takes equipment and software and time and all that good stuff to make this an amazing listening experience for your ears. So we just ask that you help pay it forward like the person before you did to keep these amazing stories of God's transformative love rolling. You can go to lovereality.org slash give and choose death to life as the option to help us keep reaching more people and ensuring more episodes. Thank you so much, guys. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. They got me singing like. Singing like.